0: I realized that the shame and the sorrow and the guilt that I allowed myself to feel was not what God was seeing. He was seeing His precious child and singing over my head with love. And He did not see me as someone who had failed in some way or had not done enough. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch.
1: Hello, friends! Happy fall, y'all, and welcome to my 18th episode of the Altered Stories show, Kathy Joy story. Thanks for listening to the show. For those that don't know me, my name's Michelle Saunders Gutch, also known as Michelle Renee Gutch, show host and founder of Altered Stories Ministry, a faith-based nonprofit located in Overland Park, Kansas, with a global mission that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them and be encouraged in their faith. Before we get started today, I wanted to thank those of you that are visiting our website, www.alteredstories.org. I'm excited to share that according to GoDaddy, we are one of the top performing faith and religion sites. Special thanks to our guest bloggers, podcast hosts, guests, and those of you that are visiting our site to read their blogs or our blogs or to listen to our podcast. Also, our show is still growing, praise God. And we are hoping that Pandora soon accepts our ask to broadcast our podcast on their platform. So, let's get this show started. Today, I am blessed to feature my special rock star friend and guest and guest blogger for Altered Stories Ministry, Kathy Joy. So, who is Kathy Joy? Kathy Joy is on the bus she didn't sign up for that has taken her place as she never imagined, a journey that has connected her with widows, parents, and individuals who have suffered loss. Kathy Joy is also an author, speaker, and former radio personality who was a favorite DJ in Colorado who turned her phrases to catch and tickle the ears of listeners. I loved listening to her on the radio. And I was blessed to meet her several years ago around a Thanksgiving table of friends, and we connected right away. We even dreamed of a time when we might share a broadcast together, and here we are today. I'm eager to get our conversation started as she tells her God story of grief, survival, and recovery. So good afternoon, Kathy Joy, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Miss I'm
0: doing well. Thank you. It's uh, really great um, where I live. May I mention where I'm from? I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania now, and I live uh, along the Great Lake of Lake Erie. Before I moved here, somebody told me that the lake is so vast, it may as well be an ocean. And I thought that was hilarious until I stood on the shore and it does feel as though I'm standing at an ocean. Lake Erie actually obeys the tides, the moon phases. And even though Canada is to our north, we cannot see the land from the shoreline. So it's kind of like a small ocean. I love living in Erie.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome, Kathy. I've never been to that part of the state but I've seen pictures that you've shared and, you know, I love seeing the pictures and does fall actually start around this time in that area?
0: Oh yes. Happy fall y'all. As a matter of fact, I wrote that on the uh, little, we have a little blackboard in our office and um, my coworkers are, Used to me changing it up almost every day. And so right now it says, Happy Fall, y'all. Because we have a brisk quality to the air, it is sweater weather in the morning and then it feels like summer. And in the evening, it gets chilly again.
1: It's definitely autumn here. Well, what a great time for us now to talk about you and your story as we go through the season change. And you, Kathy, experienced quite a transformational change in your life. So, will you share with my listeners today where your God story of change began?
0: My God story of change began back when I was a young mother living in Colorado, co-hosting a radio show for Christian Radio at that time known as KWBI. With um, the university there, and I was gradually being invited uh, and blessed to be invited to speak for women's groups. I spoke for mops mothers of preschoolers I spoke for ladies retreats and one of my favorite destinations was the YMCA of the Rockies and a beautiful setting with Pike's Peak towering over us so My God story began as a believing woman, as a young mom with two beautiful children, handsome husband, law enforcement husband, Roger, uh, a wonderful opportunity to have a ministry in Christian radio. All of those factors were keeping me happy and bubbly. And my God story began truly in a moment when one of the women at one of the retreats said to me, Kathy, I would love to do what you're doing. I would love to share my heart in ministry. But I feel like something difficult or challenging or tragic has to happen in order for me to have a story to share. I was naive enough to not believe her. And I said, oh, God is blessing me in every way. And I, you know, I really can't remember, Michelle, my direct answer to that dear lady. But I feel Mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit was warning me. That um, indeed, sometimes because we live in a fallen world, tragedy will strike. And I didn't know it in that moment. And so I went on with my life. I do believe in that moment, something transformational did happen to me because I became aware that, yes, we are vulnerable to change, to difficulty, and indeed to death. And so several years later, my husband died suddenly of a heart attack And we were living at the time in 2008. Uh, We were living on a farm on the top of a hill here in Pennsylvania. It was an ideal setting. It was where my husband wished to retire, which we did. We moved from Colorado to this uh, beautiful spot on the top of a hill. Uh, And it it was a small farm. Roger called it a gentleman farm. And uh, in four years, living his dream, we were enjoying our life. We had horses. The girls were in 4-H. Suddenly, one day, uh, he was taken by a massive heart attack, never to recover. That was the moment in which my Christian life began to show itself to me as meaningful and valid and something that would help me survive. I had to lean hard into the Lord And I had to learn how to do that day by
1: day, moment by moment. That is definitely something very unexpected of all the things that you would have probably anticipated, you know, to be a widow at that point in time, you know, because typically you're not expecting your spouse, right, to go, you know, if they're not sick or if, you know, even in their more senior years. The great thing, though, is from what you've shared, your husband was able to experience some things of his dream, and you were able to get to a place with him to where you could help share in that dream in his, you know, years. That is a, a great thing. So you had memories, you know, of that with him. From what you encountered. And how you leaned into your faith. Can you share with our listeners kind of the journey that you had to go through with grief and loss and how you leaned into your faith with their scriptures or what brought you through the recovery process where I personally feel like grief is one of those emotions that can be so overwhelming and it. Even when you think you're completely over the emotion, it can hit you again. So, you know how 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 did you deal with how did you deal with that,
0: Michelle? I was fully unprepared for the tsunami waves that would follow the first wave of grief. The first wave of grief was overwhelming. It uh, enveloped me in a way that I cannot even begin to describe. I still remember how seismic it felt to be hit and shocked with the sudden loss of my husband, the unexpected taking of Roger, who I loved dearly. And he was dad to an 18 and 15 year old, our two children, our two wonderful daughters. It was so unexpected. So I was just starting to stand up from that wave when a tsunami hit. And that one was the tsunami of loss of family. I don't know why I've spoken to other widows as well. It's rather a mystery, but many members of the family, um, his side of the family rejected me and I became irrelevant in their lives. I went off the radar. It was such a gut-wrenching experience and I only realized it slowly. As I realized I must sell the farm for financial reasons and moved into an apartment, and by then my girls um, were pretty much on their own, I fully expected uh, uh, in laws to show up and have a housewarming. We were pretty tight knit. When nobody called and nobody inquired about how I was doing, I began to wonder. And then I began to reach out. And then, without going into a lot of detail, because I want to. Air on the side of forgiveness and grace. So I just want to tell you that that was my tsunami wave was losing some of the family. When I fully realized it, I had to accept it. And God has helped me to accept it. It doesn't happen to all widows, but it happened to me. So it was another wave of grief. The second tsunami that came to our family was the temporary, I shall say, the temporary breakup of my family unit. Just keep in mind, please, that my daughters, when they lost their dad, they lost 50% of me. That's actually what my oldest daughter, Andrea, articulated to me at some point. She said, Mom, when Daddy died, we lost you too. We lost who you were when you were with him and when you were um, raising us as co-parenting. And we didn't know you. We didn't understand you. And we were grieving our father and you're grieving your husband and we just didn't know how to respond. She was able to put that into so many words years later. But that second tsunami wave, Michelle, was the Mm -hmm. loss of fellowship and communication with my precious, precious daughters. They were broken. They were hurting. They were subjected to unkind comments from kids. Children can be cruel. Children don't understand death. Particularly, and the, so they didn't know how to comfort and come alongside my girls naturally. They were all immature but without a full understanding of walking through the grief process. Both of my children refused Christian counseling, and uh, when they became emancipated from me, I was unable to force them to do anything to help them understand and kind of process their grief. And so then I felt helpless. Those tsunami waves that came to crash into me actually pushed me closer to Christ. I'm so grateful to say that. I am so very Mm -hmm. grateful to report that I leaned harder on the Lord. And He is faithful. And He ministered to me in so many ways that are practical, that are unseen, that are through the Holy Spirit's gifts. Uh, He gave me what I needed as I needed it to get through those dark, dark times when the waves came and pushed me down again. I was able to stand up, and I'll tell you the verse that spoke to me and still is my go-to, and there are so many. Uh, The one that I love is actually from Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Mm -hmm. He rejoices over me with singing. How wonderful is that? And then the line that says, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you. That spoke to me, particularly in the dark days when my family was rejecting me. I realized That the shame and the sorrow and the guilt that I allowed myself to feel was not what God was seeing. He was seeing His precious child and singing over my head with love. And He did not see me as someone who had failed in some way or had not done enough. All those thoughts that had been racing through and the guilt I felt. For not helping my husband, I thought maybe I could have noticed some signs and symptoms. And even though the coroner and the doctor confirmed that Roger's death was probably with no warning and I could not have done anything, even so, I allowed that guilt to kind of trip me up, you know. So, that verse that the Lord rejoices over me has carried me. It carried me in the dark times and it is with me now. You know, the Holy Spirit. uses our own gifts to rescue us. I am so certain of that. He uses how uniquely he designed us to help us survive. And so for me, I began writing three sources of joy a day. Um, I now call them breaths of joy. Like when you take a deep cleansing breath
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then you release it. I did that with words. And so I began to collect little phrases of wonder that, would help me and I began journaling them and they weren't just fun and nice and and beautiful thoughts, Michelle. These celebrations are triage. They are Mm -hmm. first aid for the soul. They are the band-aid for the the wounds. And so if if you'll indulge me, I'll read a few of them from my newest book, Breath of
1: Joy, Winter Whispers. I, I would love you to do that, Kathy. I mean, that is so healing. And I want our listeners to understand the journey you've been through, which led you to where you are today and how God takes brokenness and uses it to be able to help us and engages the right people and uh, the, you know, just those things to bring us great joy that we do in our lives. So I would love you to share.
0: Okay. Thank you. So this is from uh, one of the pages on in my newest book, um, An Air of Expectancy, the handwriting of someone you love, one small gracious act that multiplies, hemming mm-hmm. up the memories that you keep tripping over, joining the fabrics of the past and the future with a good, strong thread, hoping an unseen, skillful hand is stitching
1: in the finishing work. Wow. And do you put those are in your, they're, they're in your books, right?
0: Yes. Each of my books are seasonal in nature. And, you know, Michelle, they've been called coffee table books. Photography books, it's hard to put them in a specific genre, but a very, Mm -hmm. um, very generous reviewer said they are um, the books are uh, healing phrases for the hurting heart. And so they are seasonal in that each one of them sort of devotes itself to a season. So my very first book, which was released two years ago, is Breath of Joy Simply Summer, followed by breath of joy, ah, awesome. And then we had breath of joy, singing spring. And now breath of joy, winter
1: whispers. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, what a healing way and a way to also, in addition to telling your story, depict through the words that speak to the soul. And so we'll talk about how our listeners can get access to your books here, but I'd like to talk with you a little bit more about your journey um, of grief as you know, you have now been a widow. How many years? 11, 11 years. I can tell you, I never realized having lost my mom of recent how Like your girls, I feel that my dad died with my mom, and the struggle that I've had in embracing my dad and feel like he is someone that is totally different than the dad I had when he was married to my mom and didn't realize, you know, all the emotions and, you know, just trying to understand that his recovery in itself takes a whole lot of effort and you know he shouldn't be expected to be who he was because he's not and that journey of grief that he has had to go through. So having gone through just recent grief like this, you know, I, I can't imagine from your end as a widow to how difficult it must be to be able to re-adapt, re-transition, become who you are now, and then also to begin to heal enough to embrace new relationships. As a widow, have you found that there are support groups that you've been able to involve yourself with, whether it's in your church or other areas and how have you dealt with the whole immersion of dating again? I mean, or is or is that something that you choose not to do? I think our listeners would like to hear some of, some of your journey there.
0: Okay. Yeah. So your first question, are there support groups? That is very ethereal. It's very organic. And by that, I mean grief is a personal personal experience. There are no two grief journeys alike. They might have similarities. Certainly they do. But because they're so personal and painful, it is not super easy to form a group or to be a part of a group. Now, I will say hospice in my county, when I lived on the farm with Roger, After the loss of Roger, hospice reached out to me in ways that I never knew they did ministry. And that is, they reach out to widows and widowers, and they do have support groups. I took advantage of that. It was a lifeline. It was so, I don't know, such a relief, I guess, to look around the room and know I was not alone. As a matter of fact, our tight-knit little group of men and women who had lost our spouses— Became uh, so connected to one another that after the six weeks of meeting weekly, it was soon the holidays, and we decided on our own without the leader um, who had to move on to another group. So we decided on our own to continue meeting, and we got through the holidays together. It was amazing. It was healing. We laughed. We cried. We allowed ourselves to feel whatever we were feeling at the moment. Going forward after that, I did not merge into any support groups. I didn't know of any. Uh, The county we lived in was very small, uh, much smaller than Erie County, where I now reside. So I don't think I had the resources. I didn't know of them. So no, I didn't join any support groups. I remember talking to another widow, Karen, and together the two of us thought maybe we would start a ministry. And when we began to think it through and dream together, that's when we both recognized that it's a very personal and painful journey. Not everybody wants to be visited, and that's okay. And that's okay. Uh, We never did start a support group. I don't think we had the legs under us to do it yet. We were still Mm -hmm. in the trenches. And so we Mm -hmm. were not equipped properly, even though as Christian women, we wanted to reach out. We simply didn't have the tools or the knowledge. So I would say support groups are fabulous. They should last beyond the initial grief uh, because, you know, it it continues. Um, I've Mm -hmm. heard different quotes. One of them is um, that grief is a companion who will follow you. And at some point you must make peace with him and let him rest beside you on the bench. That's a word mm-hmm. picture that I carry with me because I do feel like grief is part of my God story now. And because of the presence of grief in my life, I have deeper compassion and a deeper intuition into what people might be suffering when they have a loss of some kind. Your other question was about dating. And yes, I was so um, accustomed to being married that looking back, I Yes, I thought that I couldn't function well without being married again, and I thought maybe my kids needed someone, a dad figure in their life. Who knows what was going through my head? But I did start um, dating. I actually went online to a real solid site that was recommended. Found uh, a, a gentleman we um, really had the same value system. Uh, there, there were some things that were red flags that I ignored, and my friends tried to warn me, and I ignored them because I thought maybe I was in love. Uh, Fortunately, Holy Spirit spoke to me and touched my heart, and I needed to end that relationship um, because I saw no future in it. Dating, while it wasn't a terrible thing, was probably actually an educational uh, item in my life. It informed me that until God plunks a man right in front of me and says, Here he is. (laughs) Until that happens, I'm not going to make it happen, and I'm not going to manipulate it. And uh, 11 years out after losing Roger, I can really say with confidence that I'm happy as I am. I'm at peace as a single woman. Uh, Perhaps going forward um, as a widow, I'm able to do more ministry on more levels than if I
1: were married, because my husband would come first. Yes. Well, everybody, like you said, their journey of grief is different and God is bringing you through different seasons and has equipped you for reasons to be able to do these different, different ministries and writing and speaking and going places and traveling and experiencing and re-immersing yourself in different relationship with your daughters. And building relationships too. So it's really a very exciting time, I think, for you too. And you're now in that mode um, of really broadening your gifting and writing too. So I really thank you, Kathy, for the opportunity to bring you on the show, for being willing to share such a personal story. And to also be transparent and honest about, you know, the journey and, and some of the challenges that you went through and, and some loss you experienced that you weren't expecting. So, you know, that in itself, I really appreciate. And so in closing today, cause I want to be mindful of your time. Let's talk to the widow today who has just a recent, You know, lost or with, you know, most of my listeners are women, so, but have lost a spouse. How would you direct them to be able to begin the road to recovery in a more general sense?
0: Be good to yourself. Go ahead and do the spa treatments. Go ahead and nurture yourself and replenish. Hit the pause button. Please, new widow, or perhaps seasoned widow, don't fall into the traps that the enemy sets for you, which is the trap of too much busyness. Please don't resort to narcotics or things that make you feel better briefly. Please continue going to church. There will be days, there will be Sunday mornings where worship is the last thing on your mind, There will be Sunday mornings like I recently experienced where the sermon is from the New Testament on husbands and wives and how we're supposed to love our spouse. Do you think that didn't wound me to the core to realize I was going to sit through a sermon about something that wasn't relevant to me as a widow who longs for her husband? Go ahead and go and listen, because you know what? I still learn something from that passage because the Bible is vibrant and new and renews the spirit. And even if you think the topic does not apply to you, guess what? God is full of surprises and he takes great joy in blessing you in your most bereft moment. Please new widow or seasoned widow or widower, please keep going to church. And I think the other thing is, please don't isolate yourself. It's awfully tempting to go to work, go home, and kind of go off the grid, if you will. It's so tempting to not reach out, to not make phone calls, and to isolate. Please, I beg you, don't isolate. Even if you're an introvert, make some way to reach out to somebody. Because in my darkest moments, and I still have them, The best remedy for loneliness is to make a phone call. If I sit there and say, ah, nobody calls me, nobody checks on me, nobody cares, that's absolutely not true. And if you ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of somebody in your circle of influence who needs to hear your voice, make that call. It will cheer you up and it'll bless the person you're calling. Take some initiative and don't isolate. Those would be my thoughts for somebody going through grief. And those would probably be the very things I wish someone had said to me when it was raw and fresh.
1: Well, Kathy Joy, that is amazing that God has given you the opportunity today to be able to share that with someone who needed to hear that like yourself. And so I'm grateful that you're taking your experience and sharing and helping those who may be struggling. God will really bless your heart for that. And we're blessed to have you on the show. So I, again, thank you so much, Kathy Joy. You are a joy. And you have, um, I think, a great ministry ahead. And well, you are doing ministry, but you know, continually as you go on this journey of going to the different places where you're signing your book and you're ministering, um, all those things. And so there's a lot of excitement I hear coming from you in that area. So for those listeners today that have a desire to contact you or would like to bring you to an event, to speak Or, you know, have an interest in purchasing one of your books, how can they contact you or where can they go to do that?
0: You could find my books and my speaking at www.capturemebooks.com. My books are also available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble Bookstore. I have a blog post. It's Coffee with Kathy at
1: blogspot.com. What am I missing? Um, I think you've given us just, you know, any where that, uh, someone could go that wants to purchase your book or go to read your blog, or if they have an interest in, you know, speaking, you speaking at an event. And yeah, I
0: think there is
1: another,
0: there is one more. Yeah. There is uh, one more. Um, place you can locate me is on Facebook. I have a ministry page and it's called Kathy Joy's everyday celebrations. That's the Facebook page to reach me for speaking. And um, I also sell books on that page as well.
1: Okay, great. That's awesome. So uh, that's a wrap, Kathy Joy. Thank you again for taking the time for sharing your amazing God story. I know many will be blessed. And so in closing, I'd like to ask those of you that are listening today, do share this podcast with others who could benefit from listening to Kathy Joyce's story. Your feedback and reviews are always welcome on our podcast shows. And also Altered Stories Ministry is always in need of sponsors to help us share many of our God stories that are out there. And stories like Kathy's that need to be heard. And so I would ask for uh, anyone who has an interest to please reach out and contact me via our website. We have so many women waiting to share their amazing God stories like Kathy's to, you know, that she shared today. And, As I've shared, uh, in the past, we are continuing to recruit for volunteers. We need a board treasurer and a fundraiser coordinator. So if you're interested, please do reach out to me again on our website. Until the next show, remember, be heard, and be healed.
0: Altered Stories Ministry is a new, nonprofit evangelistic talk show for women. Our ministry is located in Overland Park, Kansas. And if you enjoyed listening to today's show, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of everyday women, too. So why don't you share the link to our podcast on your social media? And we welcome your feedback, so let us know what you think. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories. We welcome your tax-exempt financial donations. To find out more on how you can support our ministry,
1: log on to our website, alteredstories.org. That's alteredstories.org.